Hi, I'm Jessica. And I'm Yuritsa. Welcome to Bilingualish, a podcast for immigrant kids in America. We're two startup co-founders and daughters of immigrants. My family is from the Dominican Republic. And mine is from Taiwan. We're working together to build a better solution to help immigrant families with healthcare. Language and cultural barriers can make healthcare especially challenging. And we've heard countless stories as we've worked with patients and families. Today, we're talking about the languages our families speak and all of the complexities that go with it. So to start, maybe let's go back to the basics. Um, Yuritsa, what do you consider your first language? Yeah, this one is an interesting question because for me, like technically it's Spanish. I am actually not only a daughter of immigrants, but I'm uh, an immigrant myself. I came to the States when I was around six or seven and um, definitely learned Spanish first, but it having been in the States for so long, it feels like English is the language I'm most comfortable in and, and certainly the one I'm most fluent in. I don't know that I could like carry a business or very formal conversation in Spanish. I, I can if I need to, but it's something that takes me out of my comfort zone. And so I'm curious for you, Jessica, what, what do you consider to be your first language? Yeah. Um, so my story is that I was born in the U.S. Um, so I would say that like, I guess I technically grew up in an English speaking environment, but at home, you know, my parents spoke to me in Mandarin. So I think, you know, I didn't fully understand English until I was a couple years old. I think that was one of the big things my parents, um, realized kind of later on is like they would send me to daycares um, that were run by English-speaking folks, um, usually white people, and I would just cry because I had no idea what anyone was saying. Um, So I think for me, you know, now I certainly consider English the language that I can best communicate in. Um, I probably could not read a novel (laughs) in Chinese, but um, it's funny to think that like technically I don't think English is my first language. Yeah, that's very interesting, like having been born in the States. And I think that's the experience for a lot of the kids that I grew up with um, back at home here in the U.S. is um, because their parents felt most comfortable speaking Spanish. That that was their first language. And really, like when you got sent to school, that's when you learned English. Yeah, exactly. And I'm wondering, like, so how do you communicate with your family now? Yeah, I, it's interesting for my dad, it's exclusively Spanish that he hasn't really had a need because of the community we grew up in to like really fully learn English beyond just like getting by day to day. And so it's something that has never, it would feel very foreign if I suddenly spoke any, uh, even Spanglish to him. But for my mom, it, it is very like Spanglish. It is a lot of me um, mixing back and forth. And it's interesting for someone who she came to the States when she was like in her late 20s. Um, she she does speak a lot of Spanglish as well. She, I, she finds herself like, I'll sometimes ask her like, mom, how do you say this in Spanish? And she's just like, actually, I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, it, we find ourselves just switching between the two of them. How about your family? Yeah, I think it's very similar in my family. Um, Lots of uh, 
Chinglish. I recently left um, like a voice note for my dad. And so I got to like listen back to it. And I didn't realize how much Chinglish um, I, <laughs> I speak. But it was like, um, I called the office. So I was like, what can office thought they want? It was just like so funny um, where, where the words came in in English and where they were um, not in English. I think kind of the other thing with my family is like my uh, family also speaks different kind of Chinese dialects. So primarily mm-hmm. Mandarin, but my mom also speaks Taiwanese, which kind of in my tween years, um, my mom suddenly had this like light bulb moment of like, if she doesn't speak to me in Taiwanese, I will somehow never learn it. And so there was a while where she would like insist on speaking uh, to me in Taiwanese. And I would say like I understand most of it. Um, The issue that I joke about with my mom is like when I speak it, I literally speak with the weirdest accent because it's a language that I picked up much later in life. So I have kind of a Mandarin accent when I say stuff, but I also have like a English sort of American accent. So I think communicating with my family has been just like a mix of all these different languages and also just slang and things that, you know, my parents um, are comfortable speaking. And, you know, a story there is recently over um, kind of the holidays, I was hanging out with my mom and randomly she like responded to me in Japanese. (laughs) And so like there's just like little kind of sayings, I guess. Like I guess like if in English, if most people know what like megusta means, like, you know, people might like throw that in even though they're not Mm -hmm. intending to speak in Spanish. And so that was like the case with my mom throwing in Japanese and I just kind of like stared at her and was like, what did you just (laughs) say to me? Um, So I think, you know, language is a very funny thing. And I think every family has its own um, kind of unique mix of like what they um, commonly use. And I think my family is no exception to that. Yeah, I have a follow up question to that, because you mentioned something um, when you first started talking was like the voice note you left for your dad, which, first of all, very hip. Um, I don't know that I'm (laughs) quite there yet with my mom, Uh, even though I'm sure she'd appreciate it, given how uh, how bad I've been about calling home recently. But um, when you mentioned like there were certain it was interesting to hear back the message and like there were certain words that you chose to say in English versus not. And curious, like day to day even just not outside of your parents, just within yourself, like, what does that tend to look like? Yeah, I mean, I think for bigger things like talking about feelings, it still works best in English. And so then Mm -hmm. it's sort of like the thought comes to me in English and I translate it. Um, But the test that I always run um, with friends who are bilingual is like, what language do you count in? Um, I actually, like, when you kind of silently count to yourself, whether you're, like, I don't know, like, looking at dollar bills or something, um, I always count in Chinese. Like, I don't count. Like, I obviously know how to count in English. (laughs) Um, But in terms of, like, thinking, like, those words come to me quicker. And I think also there's certain situations um, or feelings that I've also noticed that, like, in that moment, the words will come to me faster in mm. Chinese. Um, and I remember like, you know, I was talking to a friend a few years ago, like right after like a breakup. And I was saying how like when I go through like a really sad emotional thing, I actually like 
don't necessarily listen to breakup songs in English, I find that the emotion gets conveyed much stronger when I listen to songs in Chinese um, and Mandarin, even if I don't fully understand everything. Like, I think there's Mm -hmm. probably some nuances in those songs or metaphors that you know, I don't understand. If you ask me to read the lyrics, there might be characters I don't recognize. But for some reason, I think it the feeling like hits home a little bit more for me. Yeah, no, I feel that. I think like it's been interesting, like I, having this is kind of a, a, a side note, but it was interesting, like growing up, hearing my parents listen to like the same music and like very old hits like bachata and things like that. And I feel like I'm, like, turning into my parents where I'm, like, anytime I, like, really just, like, am in the fields or, like, am working out and need to be focused, I, like, listen to very old school, like, bachata, reggaeton, and um, I'm, like, I, or, like, even the old school music that they used to listen to that I used to, like, every time we got in the car, I'm, like, oh, this again, now I'm, like, that person (laughs) that listens to these things back. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but it's what reminds you of, like home and what's familiar Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah and I think to your point of like counting in like a different language in English for me it's oddly enough it's praying like I don't even pray that often and like if my mom hears this sorry mom (laughs) Um, but (laughs) for me it's like I I find myself anytime I am praying like I can never do it in English because the way that I was taught to pray was in Spanish Mm. Hmm. I mean, that's that's the same for me. I I don't think I know how to pray not in Chinese, um, which is very kind of ironic considering that I'm Buddhist and it originated in India. So I don't even know if Chinese <laughs> is the native language there. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely. Um, interesting to kind of think through of like what are things that only comes to me or comes to me more instinctively in a language other than English even if English is my dominant language Mm -hmm. yeah and I'm curious like you know you're from the DR like I'm sure accents has come up when you think about kind of you know your um, family and how you all communicate relative to maybe other Spanish-speaking families. Like, what has that dynamic been like for you? Oh, this is an interesting question because it's something that I, like, actively uh, struggle with. And um, for context, I was uh, raised in a very, like, Dominican and Puerto Rican heavy city that, um, like, this is why my parents never really had to, like, learn English for a really long time was everyone in the community spoke Spanish and namely like Caribbean Spanish. Um, and so for me, the first, like I would watch like novelas and and I just thought like, oh, that's just proper Spanish. Like I would watch Mexican novelas. Um, and for Dominicans, like there's a lot of like cutting out the S's, like different things like that, that just felt so normal in my day to day. And then I go off to college and like, people would call out my Spanish. (laughs) Um, And like, obviously I know how to speak very formal Spanish, but like just day-to-day talking to friends. And I almost like stopped talking to my Spanish speaking friends in college in Spanish and only found myself like doing the Spanglish thing when I would go visit home and meet up with like friends from high school or like things like that. 
And I almost have conditioned myself out of speaking Spanish with folks because of this. Like, I just feel really self-conscious because I'm so proud and love Caribbean Spanish. I, like, obviously it's taken the world by storm with, like, Bad Bunny and, like, um, <laughs> I think, like, Caribbean uh, music is doing very well right now, which I think is awesome for representation. And it makes me feel so, like, seen and heard. Um, because after moving from that, like, Dominican enclave up in Massachusetts, it's been a lot of, like, me feeling like I need to change the way I talk and, and hearing Spanish that I didn't listen to or, like, is unfamiliar from what I heard growing up. Um, and now being in California, like, I don't know, especially um, up where I'm at, there's not a there's not really any Dominicans. Um, and so it, it just feels so comforting calling home and... Um, hearing like a familiar accent or dialect um yeah it's i have very complicated emotions around this and i'm curious for you like what is taiwanese mandarin yeah yeah i mean i think for me um for probably the first i don't know five years of my life i don't think i knew many if any like um, kids or families from mainland China. So I think like mm -hmm. most of the people that we interacted with were also, um, Taiwanese, maybe like one or two families from Hong Kong. But so like, I feel like for me, like a really strong, like Beijing accent is like a little bit different. Um, and I remember sort of kind of as I was growing up and, you know, when I went to high school and college and like were around kind of um, other Chinese speakers, you know, other immigrant kids whose parents were maybe from the northern parts of China. It was just it felt so different to me. And I think it's, um, you know, in very geopolitical fashion, um, easier probably to pick on the Taiwanese accent. Um, there's. Like, so there's a bit of that. And I think, you know, it's also been interesting for me um, thinking about like in those settings, you know, similar to how you were describing, sometimes it makes me feel like I'm not fluent or I'm not mm -hmm. actually speaking the right quote unquote um, language, but it's actually just like what I speak. And this, the story that I've told um, my parents and they, they think it's ridiculous and hilarious is um, whenever I like speak my Mandarin in Taiwan, like if I'm traveling there with my family, like pretty instinctively people know that I'm American. Like I don't mm -hmm. have like a very thick American accent, but it's not like over the years, like it's definitely not as authentic as someone who is like born and raised in Taiwan. Um, it's very funny though, because if I go to China and like the one time I did, I was in Shanghai and everyone there was like, oh my God, you have such a beautiful Taiwanese accent. And so it's just so funny oh. that like, um, no one can really place my accent, <laughs> I guess, um, unless you actually are in the know. Um, but I mean, my parents think it's funny because my parents think I have an accent. So they think I have a mild accent like they've heard worse but they think I have an accent cool um and then I'm kind of around the topic of accents like as like children of immigrants I'm sure we've had experiences of like 
our parents' accents and navigating that, like our own accents in our language. And um, I'm curious to just like hear more, like what does it mean to like navigate accents in, in your family um, coming from like, yeah, have, being an immigrant family? Yeah, I mean, I think playing that sort of translator or intermediary role is something that we're both quite familiar with just given the communities we grew up in. I would say for my family, like, you know, my parents are definitely fully capable of having a conversation in English. I just think that, like, the concern for them you know, especially my mom who, you know, is particularly self-conscious about this is like, they know what they're trying to convey. They may do it in a way where since English is not their first language, they have an accent and they may, you know, have small grammatical mistakes. Like, and I think those two things are enough sometimes for them not to feel like they're completely being heard. Um, Especially I've noticed like when my mom gets frustrated because I think there's sort of this vicious cycle that might happen where if you are coming to a problem and calling customer service and they're not really taking you seriously because of some of these factors and then you're like, why are you not taking me seriously? And you're getting a little bit more aggravated about it. Like I think when my mom gets like angry, for instance, when she's calling customer service, I think it's like really hard. Um for her and I think it's really frustrating and I think you know there are times where she's just like I can't she'll like if I'm at home she might just like pass the phone over to me and like I literally will just repeat what she has said and so the most recent example of this that has happened over the last couple months is like I was home and my mom was calling um I think it was like a bank uh, to ask a question about something. And so she was trying to spell her name. And so she has, you know, a ethnic name as <laughs> um, some immigrants might have. And I think for her, she is very um, kind of aware of that. And so she always like spells it out. So she's she will say like, you know, for her last name, it's Chen. And so she'll just say C like cat, H like Henry, and like so on and so forth. Um, and so she was doing that with her full name and the customer service rep truly acted like he had no idea what letters she was saying. Like truly was like, I've never heard of the English alphabet. Like what are these <laughs> things called letters? And like my mom was just so frustrated that she went over to the next room, passed me the phone and I was just like, J, like Jack or like, and I was just like, I, and then I at the end he the customer service rep had the audacity to like still play dumb. And I was like, have you heard of this letter? Like, sir, like, do you know English? Like, and to be clear, like, I, you know, want to make this caveat known that like this guy was like, sounded like he was like a white Midwestern dude, like based on his voice on the phone. Like, I don't think it was like a double accent scenario. It was a scenario where, you know, the person on the phone was not an immigrant or not someone who spoke other Englishes or other languages other than English. Wow, can I even speak English? Um, <laughs> and it just got really heated and it made me feel like my mom wasn't getting the respect that she deserved over something as simple as spelling her name. Yeah, my goodness. Yeah, I think like sometimes my experience has been similar where I've had to like step in for my mom because it's like, People, when they hear an accent, oftentimes just, like, shut down. They are, like, pretend, like you mentioned, like, that they 
do not understand at all, even though it's just like, it, it sounds different, but like, it's pretty clear oftentimes, like what our parents are trying to say, especially like both our parents have been in the US for so long. Like, it's not that they don't speak English. I, I think people um, elect to not have the patience for for those like our parents. And it's really frustrating. I, I remember feeling so helpless one day I was on the phone with my mom and she was like at Target or something and um, was speaking to me in Spanish. And I, she didn't quite tell me what the remark was, but I, I think she just didn't feel comfortable or didn't want to share so I wouldn't get too heated, even though I, I did eventually get very heated. Um, just someone was like making comments about like, she should be speaking English. And this is less of an accent issue, but more just like, I think it's just these random encounters and like also a very diverse area um, just was like, it reinforces the idea in, in our parents' minds that like they're a stranger in this country. And that like, even though oftentimes like our parents really do put such an effort in to assimilate, even though like for me, I've been like, fighting against that um it just doesn't always feel like it's enough and we have to step in to bridge the gap but i always worry about like times when i'm not there or even this time where i'm like i wanted to jump through that phone <laughs> um yeah. and just like yeah it just feels um incredibly frustrating to want to advocate for your parent and like the fear of like not knowing what's going to happen if they if they can't, like, you're not there. Um, and I think for us, the obvious example is when our parents go to the doctor, like, how do you ensure that your parent is being taken seriously, even with this accent? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's basic kind of human dignity of wanting to feel understood. Um, and so I think, I mean, that's a great place to sort of start wrapping up this conversation. Um, you know, I think we've covered quite a bit about like our own personal journey with language and then, you know, our family's journey with language. Yeah. So thank you all for listening to us today. We would really love it if you could share this with a friend to support us. And if you're curious about the work that we've alluded to in healthcare, um, check us out at lingohealth.io. And we'll be back next week. So in the meantime, stay well. Thank you. Thank you.